0: This episode of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live is brought to you in part by Viewfinders Identity Search and Design. Your choice for web design, graphic design, and all multimedia development needs. Visit VFISAD.com and let us bring your vision to reality.
1: Hi guys, this is Ruben Langdon. You're listening to ACMG Presents Talk Time Live.
0: Show what you can!
1: It's time. Anime comics, movies and games, then come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime comics, movies and games, then come on and let's get it. Talk time. Time, lie. Anime comics, movies and games to so come on and let's get it. Talk, time. Lie. Anime comics, movies and games to so come on and let's get it. Talk, time, lie. Started in the 80s with Matt Cross. Dudes in the hood might've called that song, but I carried that cross like Jesus did. Fast forward, I teach the kids to learn how to let go, live life and show love to all things that don't matter where y'all from. And luckily there's a show called Talk Time. We've been waiting for this for a long time. Dax kicks the facts on all the geek news. Special guests. And unbiased reviews. Suburban kids, the hipster street dudes, all can learn something new. Me too. I heard words but no faith is empty. I state the course, so my haters tempt me. Beat the podcast that'll make them envy. It ain't too trendy. It's ACMG. Anime, comics, movies, and games. the so come on and let's get it. Talk time. Live. Anime, comics, movies, and games. the so come on and let's get it. Talk time. Live. Anime, comics, movies, and games. the so come on and let's get it. Talk time. Live. Anime, comics, movies, and the game is the come on and let's get it top top live
0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. This is ACMG Presents Talk Time Live, the prime show. I am your host, Xavier Josiah. Folks, there is a ton of news to talk about this week in the world of our favorite fandoms, including just recently at blizzcon the big announcement that a lot of gamers have been waiting for and i'm excited too we're going to talk about it briefly on here but i want to extend that over to our select start podcast for next week and talk about it further because it was not only some great news but also some controversy as you may notice going involved so we can't i'll be remiss not to talk about that as well so we'll talk about all of that next week but we're going to talk we're going to just briefly talk about it this week also we got the sad news of the loss of a icon in comedy and in movies. And um, we're going to talk about the life and times of uh, John Witherspoon, one of the most iconic and signature characters in some of our favorite cult classics. So we're going to talk about uh, his passing and all that, too, on this episode as well, up, along with other great news that uh, has come along as well this week. But to top it off on our talk topic of the week, we are going to talk about my review of terminator dark fate is this in fact the sequel fans have been waiting for the sequel that absolutely connects to the first two legendary movies that we all know and love we're going to talk about that later on in this show but for now let's not waste any time There's is so much new to talk about let's just, just do it let's find out what's new in the world of acmg And now, it's time to find out what's new in the world of ACMG. right, folks, just as I mentioned in the intro, there is a lot of news going on this weekend, including BlizzCon, which just came about into some huge news, and that is... Overwatch 2 is finally coming. And they announced this trailer at the very end. Of course, they saved the best for last. I mean, uh, there's other games. Uh, a new Diablo game is coming out. They said, uh, what else? Uh, Hearthstone. There's going to be some new things going on with there too. But the biggest news that came out of this, and I actually got the news when Charlotte Chung, you know, the uh, voice of D.Va, who I had the pleasure of doing a panel with, this week along with fred Tatashore, announced it and she took a picture of her with a t-shirt but also you know the video is out now you can go out on the twitter on your twitter page at blizzard entertainment check it out there she got out on a youtube page as well i believe but if you go on the twitter page they go and extend it with the behind the scenes of what they're working on with that game as well and all the other games so that is out there's an eight minute trailer that had, it's a beautiful trailer. Like, if you've watched Overwatch, you've been a fan of Overwatch, you, you know how they do it. They do it big. And they had an eight minute trailer. It was very epic. And uh, it was just absolutely great announcing this. There's going to be a lot of new things and a lot of things that fans have been waiting for. Things that I've asked about at, at the Overwatch panel at Keystone Comic Con as well. Um, this is going to be awesome. We're going to talk further about this. On, and and de- t- more in detail on select start on sunday so stay tuned for that because i mean on, not on sunday but um <laughs> this week because there is also the controversy that's going on with blizzard entertainment as well involving one of the uh the pro players that they kind of call Kaepernick if you will i mean if you if you understand the situation you know the situation it really is in that same breath and hopefully they'll handle it differently than said nfl has handled their situation but it's a deep situation and we're going to talk about all of that there but overwatch 2 is coming back uh it's awesome i'm looking forward to this is a lot of things that i've heard about this game that i wanted to see from the last game i know a lot of other people have said the same thing a lot of people have spoken out on that and it looks like they're going to deliver from what i've read and and i've saw on videos and everything so uh this is a this is a big deal and i also heard something else too that we're gonna, and i heard the mention of movie i don't know if that was a slip from one of the guys that was speaking but we're gonna get d- deeper on that i'm gonna re-watch that video and I heard, I heard movie I heard movie so this is one of the questions that I had at the panel and for those of you who are listening and those of you who were at that panel I mentioned that amongst other things because this thing need to expand so if they're doing a movie I'm all for this this is awesome I need to get Fred Tatishore and possibly Charlotte Chum back on the show maybe Jennifer Hale if I can find her wherever she is she's kind of been hiding lately <laughs> so hopefully we can get her on the show soon enough but i definitely am looking forward to this as well and i i honestly this is going to be great this is going to be great so stay tuned for that on select start to sunday when we talk more in detail of that i want to also right now talk about something different something a lot more well i want to say a lot more special <laughs> i definitely want to say that something intriguing that i had the chance to watch on netflix this week I got into i watched i didn't know if i was going to get into it but it was intriguing enough for me to jump into and i was told by some of our acmg members shout out to you nosh that this is indeed something to watch and that was daybreak daybreak the newest comic book adaptation from netflix if you guys remember netflix has disbanded the marvel cinematic universe in place of indie comics and indie themes they decided to and I think honestly I was just as pissed as everybody whereas when they let go because everybody was so into the the Marvel Cinematic Universe edition of Netflix and air and they did great for what it's worth at the time but they decided to go where others weren't you know DC has their content um, you know Marvel has their content Disney has their content and Marvel has their content. They are going head forward to indie comics and like Dark Horse Comics and all that stuff to get their, you know, their fill of content. And I think it's turning out to be a great thing. Daybreak is the newest edition of this. And for those of you who have never read the comic or the graphic novel, it's based on a comic or graphic novel, I, it's the same thing to me. It, graphic novel is just to me, a way for them to say this is more sophisticated narrative and content, which, all right, whatever. It's still a comic, damn it. It's based on the graphic novel or comic book by Brian Ralph. This series tells the story of high school outsider Josh Wheeler, who is in love and in search of his missing girlfriend, Sam Dean, due to, the, uh, due to a post-apocalyptic encounter that left many dead outside of Glendale. It appears to for the for this uh, for some reason that the kids within Josh's high school survive yet turned for the worse when others survived the dark new world. This series is a 10 episode series, a really really good 10 episode series and I by the end of this series, by the end of the show, I wanted to see so much more. They left us hanging with something to look forward to amazingly. All of this I am not going to spoil this for anybody, but I will tell you you need to watch this series this 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 show if you're if, i mean it's so once again you know you listen to you know to dumb asses like um martin scorsese regardless uh yes he's done just because you've done some legendary and great films and you know you have a great history and resume doesn't mean you can't do some dumb you know you can't you know oh i can wait i can say that just you know you doesn't mean you can't say some dumb shit <laughs> basically um it it, it just it, it amazes me that you could be so above ground at a time that you forget (laughs) you forget some elements of which you were you know this can be geared to kanye as well too in some cases but it it, it just amazed me we get we get shows like this and you look at this show and if you didn't know that this was based on a comic book or a graphic novel if you will that you thought that this was a really cool show But the minute that somebody says that something like this is based on a comic book or a narrative from a graphic novel or whatever, they tend to turn their nose up at it. And they begin to dismiss the writing and the character development and and everything that goes along with it and the direction and everything that just goes along with this. Here you got a really cool story. Very character heavy, extremely character heavy. I haven't seen anything like this since this is very the storyline really kind of has that Scott Pilgrim-esque type of feature if you look at the art style too the art style is not it it, it has that that uh, contemporary style much like Scott Pilgrim the storyline does kind of mimic Scott Pilgrim in a sense but then it goes a total 180 because it does not go in the same direction I mean Josh Wheeler can definitely be considered Scott Pilgrim in a sense. Scott Pilgrim was not exactly like the, the coolest guy in school or whatever like that. And then he also, like Scott Pilgrim, he fell in love with um you know Mona, Damona or whatever. Or Ramona, I'm sorry. He fell in love with Ramona, whereas Josh Wheeler is in love with, you know, um was Sam. And but and of course both of them go out to try and save these two and ramona and sam do not need saving at all they were two really strong-minded women and and who never was considered damsels in distress in there and lo and behold but the the directions in each of these stories go completely different by the end so the main characters of this, of course, I mentioned Josh. He I call him the Scott Pilgrim character, played by Colin Ford. I thought he was phenomenal. And I don't know if anybody noticed, but I he has a striking resemblance to John Cena. I watched this and I watched when he makes a certain angle or turn, his face turn, and he makes certain facial expressions. If you add pack a lot of muscle into Colin Ford or Colin Ford, the dude actually looks like a skinny john cena <laughs> if you give him a buzz cut to do will look just like him so but no, i i really love this character here i loved a lot, all these characters because i've never seen i didn't recognize 98 percent of the cast in this show i did not recognize from other shows these were totally new characters i loved it um to see some fresh faces or whatever from here uh sam dean the quote-unquote danzel in distress in here was played by sophie uh simnet simnet and she i I loved her in here because she was they portrayed her as the girl that everybody loves and you could see why you could absolutely see why i mean she was cute as hell um she also was just caring and, and loving and wanted to see the world as a better place and why why did this world have to be the way it is with the way social media is and such so she tried to change the game and tried to do something really cool which you know went viral like really like uh, really well uh no really well uh the shit hit like a million you know views in there and a million likes on there or whatever like that so you know she became that girl one of the most popular girls in school the the homecoming queen if you will of it uh wesley fist former varsity football bully turned pacifist samurai and openly gay uh you know to the world the new world that he's in and he uh was played by austin crude love him love him he was like he was the piccolo he is the he was absolutely if, if if josh wheeler was goku sam was chi chi he's definitely piccolo in here absolutely the piccolo character i loved him he was really cool um i liked how his story fleshed out i like how all their stories fleshed out because they did a lot of flashbacks you know a la uh, orange is the new black in a sense but in their own different way and you got to really get an understanding and to do all this in 10 episodes that was really uh brilliant how they did it and they was able to flesh everybody out in their story to get you to, to know these characters and to get you involved with these characters a lot more and wesley's story was really cool uh he was yeah, he was indeed the former football um, you know, varsity, you know, Ivy League dude, and he, you know, he was, you know, he became. I don't. The thing is, I don't know if they never talked about whether he went openly gay during his school term or after, or or was it always a known thing. So that's a whole. I I don't know if they're saving that for the second season or not. I hope so. I would love to know when he actually came out, and was it a? Did, did they make a big deal out of it, or was did they are? are they making this into a world that's absolutely assimilating into that? Cause they, he briefly mentioned that, you know, uh, when Eli, which I'll talk about too as well, talk about, he knew a secret. He was like, yeah, dude, people I already announced that I was a gay already. So I don't know. That's something that they're leading on to the second season or not, but I'm interested. I'm really interested, but, all in all, he was a great. I loved him. I loved his character. I loved his his Wu Tang Samurai type of a, you know aspect of things. And we're gonna talk about more about that here as well. But that was great. Uh, Angela Green, who played um, what is it, uh, Avila? I'm sorry, Angela Green, Angelica Green, was also one of my favorite characters. It was played by uh, Alvera uh, Allen Lynn. She was the little girl in the, in the series, and she was awesome she was the she was the hit girl of this day she you know it's funny i had this conversation with a friend of mine a colleague of mine actually and we were talking about fcc you know roles we were watching aew dynamite um and it was there where what was it? hangman page actually said shit he wasn't he was like the second person to ever say the word shit on tv and chris jericho was the first and the fact of the matter is, it's like, I've heard, this is nothing new. This is nothing groundbreaking because I've watched American dad. I've watched Rick and Morty. I've watched a lot of shows where that word has come up so greatly within a certain amount of time and on cable. And he had, he felt a uh, reason believe that for some reason that the FCC is going to find a W and I do didn't think there was a big deal because i heard it way too many times walking dead if i'm correct we watched the walking dead if you watch the walking dead they say that all the time so i don't think there's an fcc rule i think or at least i think the fcc rules have altered and changed and that's been added to the list of things that you can say on tv and i'm like he for some reason felt that that's not the case they were going to get i'm like dude how many years have we watched the FC... Uh, have we watched TV? And it's evolved. And it says, There were some things we couldn't say in the 80s that we think is minor now. Like, damn, hell. The term the the, the term bitch has been said without without even a flinch. Without even a flinch on, his, on, on shows. And that, at one point, you couldn't even say that on regular TV. So... It, it, it you know it really is funny to how you know we, how far we've come when I mention I say that to say that Angelica the, the little girl who's like a mad genius she goes way beyond like you can tell this is Netflix because she F-bombs she I mean there's a lot of kids who F-bomb in this deal it reminds me of like um, I remember when I watched Robocop 2 a long time ago it's one of the first movies where I saw kids actually F-bombing and go and like this is one of the first movies to really go there And I knew things were changing at that point because you I mean, even though it was rated R, you got kids F bombing. It was like the first it was shocking to me because I was a kid. I was I was the kid. I was those kids age back uh, age back then. And it was crazy. So I'm like, no, dude, it's so commonplace now for it. They every I, I feel like every few years or every five years, maybe 10 years, there's a new word that's allowed to be said on TV. And he tried to show me the stipulations of their rule set, but the rule sets never really clarify what words were allowed and not allowed in this day and age. And he never could find that. So if anybody out there is listening and knows anything of those words, let me know because I don't think that that's a big deal, but we're trying to clear a bed here. But <laughs> I digress. She was absolutely fantastic. This this little girl It was tremendous and she kind of was one of the mpv uh mp i'm sorry mvps of this you know of this uh series bar none and then you got eli kardashian uh the pretentious bad boy here and for some reason i don't have his name up here but that dude was tremendous he was funny as hell he was the comic relief of the whole thing he was just one of those he's one of those you know um I don't... He's I, Caucasian characters. No, he wasn't Caucasian. He was something... He was uh, He was another He was another ethnicity. But he's one of those characters that embraced the hip-hop culture or the black culture, if you want to say it like that. And it's funny, when I saw him and I seen him portraying, you know, his, his wannabe hip-hop bad boy character, which is funny because what made him so pretentious is that everything he wore was not was a knockoff of something really hot it was basically like whether he had a motorcycle whether he had a pair like nikes or whatever like that and it was they had they never said uh i uh nikes they were like hikes or something of that nature he always had knockoff versions of all of his clothes and that was the funny part but he would try to roll and play like he was the big deal but when you see people like that and i just watched the dl hugley show the final dl hugley show for TV One just recently, and they were talking, to, and it's been talked about a lot within my culture. It's like our culture, which is why I can't stand the blurred, the blurred uh, whole thing. It's, it's just ridiculous. I, I'm sorry it is, and I damn, I'm. Re- I've been thinking about doing a whole entire show about that, and just saying like, screw it. If y'all are mad, y'all are mad, but there's a reason why y'all should listen. Um, but. Th- our culture, my, the African-American culture, is the most copied culture. Anywhere. And I believe Paul Mooney has actually mentioned that, too. Uh, but it was also talked about by Amanda, uh, S- Amanda uh, Sills and Dale Hughley. We are the most copied culture in the world. And I say that to say, like, we do so much cool stuff. That other cultures try to mimic. and, and Or I want to say mimic. That's a, bad, that's a bad term. That other cultures try to celebrate. Without giving us the credit that we deserve. Without embracing what we've created. That always happens a lot. And I watched this show. And I watched other shows recently after hearing that and listening to them. And they're right. They're absolutely right. So when I see people, you know, our culture try to create something called a blurred. Which is just a black nerd. And you can't tell me the difference between a blurred and a regular nerd. And a regular nerd was just basically, it was just basically a way of actually, you know, a a black nerd is just a nerd who is black. There is a nerd is basically somebody who is just outcast, who is just so into something that is not normal for society, the normal society or what is considered the normal society when you coin a phrase blurred or for what i just heard shiro which is the female which is the female version of hero it's as cute as trendy as it is it actually just separates it further divides us and i don't like why do we need to further divide why can't us as why can't females just be a just be heroes why do black people can't just be nerds why why are we not assimilating into the culture that they ever encountered and doing what they doing to us and they're assimilating it to our culture and not changing a damn thing and not saying white version hip-hop they're not saying you know white heroes or whatever well they are to that extent they probably are but they're not trying to change it. They're trying to assimilate into it. Why are we not assimilating into theirs? We're further dividing ourselves, and that doesn't help a damn thing. That counter That's very counterproductive, If in my case. But I digress. That's Eli's case in there, and that's what <laughs> comes into that play. Um, but it's really funny to see always see that. You see characters always embracing our culture like that. But when it comes down to it, we don't get the credit, or we don't get the recognition or acknowledgement that we deserve. For our contributions for this country sometime. It just it's just amazing. Other characters. KJ. Sort of the love interest of Josh Wheeler. Um, but she may turn out to be something bigger during season two, and that's gonna be interesting. Um, Principal Michael Burr. This is the this is the top of it all. Principal Michael Burr, played by none other than the legendary Matthew Broderick, and possibly one of my favorite roles of Matthew Broderick uh, since Ferris Bueller he's played in a tons of other movies and stuff and done some really great things Expector gadget that was a whole other thing I feel like the older he gets the geekier he gets because when he was young he was the coolest dude in the world he played one of the all time coolest characters in cinematic history and that's Ferris Bueller and as he gets older he continues to play these really dorkish roles uh and i've recently seen him played on the Connors as um one of as one of the uh the aunt's you know uh boyfriend who was kind of a dork and here he plays kind of a dork uh like he just crafted himself and it i think that's really him in real life i saw him on uh which is it uh comedians uh for coffee the seinfeld's uh deal on netflix he was on I, he really is more a of a humble dude <laughs> than he was this ferris bueller but he is so embraced by that character so much so that there is a lot of Ferris Bueller references in here but he plays the principal of this high school that happens to survive in some way but he also is the main villain of this damn thing I mean if you read the comic you kind of knew where this was going um Mrs. Crumble played by Krista Rodriguez also a kind of a pivotal role character in this here as well um I love the fact that this had a lot of different territories representing various millennial uh subcultures in here as well uh the golf team was hilarious joe Maganello makes an appearance in the show with some form of fashion it's the whole thing is just great it's a it's a blend of scott pilgrim meets lord of the flies and in some cases there's a hint there's a hint of what is that show uh the warriors in here, because of the you know the different territories and everything, I forgot to mention too, uh, Turbo Jock, Turbo Bro Jock, which is the uh, other big villain, sort of kind of villainous character in here, played by Riverdale's Cody keesler as well, uh, who played Moose. And I don't, I don't know he, because he also is the love interest of uh, Wesley as well. And if I recall, it, and I don't recall, I know I know this from a fact. Um, Riverdale he plays as Moose who also plays a openly gay character well a hidden gay character because he doesn't want his father to know but he also plays a hidden gay he does the same thing here so I've come to the conclusion rather he really is a um a he really is gay in real life or he just really plays these roles really well. But either way, he was great on the show. I loved him on the show. He didn't really say a word, and that's what the part. He he's one of those guys who was able to play. He didn't really speak because he, the the accident, the apocalyptic accident, uh, caused his um, his whole side of his face to be burnt, and he he his he damaged his uh, vocals. So when he tries to speak, he bleeds. So when he says something, it's it, it's meaningful and i like that um it reminds me of black bolt except black bolt if he talks everything everybody dies or everything around him in front of him dies and here it's just like he plays a really good non-verbal character that has a way to communicate and then every once in a while they have subtitles to make us understand what he's trying to say it is hilarious it's really well done so this show if you need something new to watch and something, if you're a comic book fan and want something new to check it out, Daybreak is awesome. I like I may start getting the actual comic book series and checking it out. But I'm telling you, there is a there is an insanely huge, awesome twist at the end of this series that you will not want to miss. That's gonna lead into season two. Fantastic. Oh my god, this is gonna. I was I, I i i was blown away by the end of this <laughs> the, the direction and the, and the twist and everything i i loved it it was great go out of your way to check it out if you want to talk about if you want to give me a, give it a great hell this is a a grade show Far none look i this is a unprecedented review that i just did i what, what the hell i give it an a plus awesome go out of your way check it out you know um put it in one of your lists Watch it immediately. Other new shows on Netflix include that I've recently watched was uh, *Kigen Asura 2*, which is continues the anime Smash Mouth uh, MMA competition known as Kigen, uh Kengen Tournament*. If you are a fan of Baki or Sojo a- fighting anime like Baki, this is this is absolutely for you. The fighting and this it's like it's cell shaded kind of two D slash three D uh frame rate animation in here um really well done and wow this the fights in this thing is just it's it's really it's it's awesome it's like just balls to the wall awesome impact type of fights um I can tell you this too if you watch baki you know what to expect this is not for the weak at heart i would not advise everybody to watch it this is one of those animes what i used to say if you could stomach what's happening in this you can watch anime but anime has since diluted majorly back then because hardcore anime you know, or anime back in the 90s when it started hitting when tape trading started hitting or it was called japanimation back then and it started hitting the you know scenes in america we saw we we encountered the, the really hardcore stuff like even Dragon Balls to an extent we never seen fight fight scenes like uh, we did in Dragon Ball back in the 90s uh, Fist of the North Star literally blew us away and the violence in there was just incredible it was like so graphic we've never seen anything like that in America at the time now it's like just commonplace um, but we were the ones to see it first so we was like dude if you can't stomach Fist of the North Star <laughs> you can't stomach or Vampire Hunter D or all those things. You can't stomach, you can never stomach, um, you know, this right here. And this is one of those testers right there. This is to me, honestly, to me personally, this was true anime right here. So, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Golden Wind is on Toonami. I didn't get a chance to see the second episode yesterday, I did DVR it, it comes on way too late here in the east on the east coast. And, um, but I can tell you, I watched the first episode, it did not disappoint the series, which finally makes it English. Uh, dubbed debut uh, premiere uh, debuted it last week uh, nothing short of suspenseful uh, from the very beginning um, this story tells the story of Dio's son which brings a new twist to the, the weird and eccentric saga which is already just bizarre as hell I'm still waiting to hear the Jodeci um, Freak With You song that played at the end of which people have told me this is where they played this is the series where they played it so I don't know if it played on the second episode here or will it play before if it does not then that possibly means it's probably due to some licensings, some licensing fees from the actual record company or whatever or see themselves if they own the rights to that song but i want to hear it man because i've been hearing that it's been a thing so it could be that just it's just edited out so if i don't see it that could be possible i don't want to tell everybody because somebody somebody in our acmg facebook group posted that a long time ago saying that somebody put Jode- well the um with the Jodacy intro outro scene because you know um if you watch the egypt series they had walk like an egyptian on there and they had other songs from there so this time around it was Jodicey. so i a lot of people thought that it was somebody just dubbing over using the uh Jodeci song people were claiming that no i've seen the series it is in fact real and we should see it so i'm hoping that this is the case that it is actually happening if not i may have to go on to i know it's on it's on crunchyroll because crunchyroll is the reason why it's on Toonami right now but i do believe it plays on hulu as well the the subtitle version so if the subtitle version possibly may actually have the original i need to go check it out if they don't play it there either but it's as I'm a big fan of JoJo. Been a big fan of JoJo for a long time. I brought all of the games. I even have the fighting game from Capcom. I even have the recent. Uh, I have all the games from Capcom actually. The recent one that came back that had all the little characters from different generations on there as well. Which at this point I want to replay again. I want to start to replay that game, and you know get a feel because now I'm more familiar with these characters, and now I can play it. You know with an en- with a better enjoyment of it as well so uh let's switch the gears on this real quick from anime to streaming sites i just purchased the ipad pro uh the new ipad pro um i needed to do it because my other one was just it was draining uh and, and batteries. it was just fairly outdated i think it was like a uh, second version or whatever so i needed to get a new one uh i love it i love it to god-given heaven i mean just the things that that thing can do it's awesome i know there you know there's other ones out there but you know it this one with the now affinity graphic app that was only 20 bucks and it does everything that adobe illustrator and photoshop does i like all if you look at my graphics now a lot of the graphics that i do for the show and for everything that is acmg it is now mostly being done on my ipad as opposed to being done on my big you know tower of a computer which does to their credit adobe and i use adobe cs6 i'm not part of the creative cloud i would never pay for that crap it's a piece of, it's a, it's a it's all bull i wouldn't it's i'm not paying a monthly fee for something that i can do i've been working on cs6 for god knows how long i'm using cs6 for life it's offline it still has a lot of great stuff but here we have affinity which is the alternative for anybody who also like myself hates (laughs) what adobe is doing now putting everything online and making people charge a you know a monthly fee which if you do the math it costs more than what i paid for the entire creative suite of the cs6 um it it it, this is an alternative for you it does virtually everything that i need to do for it and i love it so all the graphics that you see so far and every once in a while they don't have everything that uh photoshop has but it's enough for me to do a lot of the cool things and some things that i couldn't do with uh precision that i couldn't do them on, on adobe uh illustrator and that's a lot of, to do with the apple pen uh capabilities as well so i love it i absolutely love it but upon buying this buying the new ipad pro i got a free subscription to apple tv which it just got activated so they gave me a free year and if you guys know apple now has their own new little streaming site called apple tv plus everybody seems to want to put a plus on their new streaming network since disney decided to do it i can but the, my biggest pet peeve in branding and promotion my biggest pet peeve is when a person comes out with one concept that just blows up, that just become a major thing. And then you see other people try to piggyback on that same concept in hopes that they can make just as much money, if not more, from the original. And it never happens. It never happens. Never, ever happens. You see it so many times. Pokemon. Uh, I guess Disney Plus, you can add that to it. Um, I, I don't know which version if Power Rangers came out first whatever but when Power Rangers blew up we seen all these other you know Super Sentai series I don't know if I I really don't believe that they came out but they were they were the ones that I first seen and then all these other ones started popping out afterwards and wanted to do a version um I mean just but Kleenex I mean you could name it you could just name a whole a lot of brands that really started something big and now all of a sudden just recently just recently Popeye's chicken when they did that chicken sandwich, it went viral. It went big. It went crazy. Did everybody else want to start coming out with their concept to try to piggyback, uh, promote <laughs> off of what they did? And it doesn't. It never comes out being the same. Never does. So I always go to a different direction. Yes, it's harder to do. It's harder to do. But trust me, if you find that niche, it comes out so much better. And the fact that Apple TV Plus is calling it Plus, but it's nowhere near to what I believe Disney is going to be. I think Disney has already set up to really do something really big because they are getting they're providing. They already have a ton of content. DC Universe has already have a lot of content, like literally a lot of content in there. And it to me, it to me, really, um, I, I'm looking at Apple TV. It only has as far as exclusivity, it already has nine. Shows that's it, and the shows that they have aren't that really. I'm, I'm, I'm. It's the most underwhelming amount of features and 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 in you know stuff. This is really this is this was more underwhelming than Amazon Prime when they first came out because they didn't have too much Prime exclusives to give you, but then all the rest of it was just stuff that they buy. But to their credit, Amazon Prime has dramatically changed over the years that they have a ton of content a lot of anime content now and then you can also buy other things so it's just it, i i get it it's a matter of them taking time to build this this streaming site but they're promoting it like it was a big deal like we're gonna get a lot of free stuff or a free uh stuff to watch and no it's not there's nine shows that that are exclusive like including that jennifer anderson show with um steve uh Corel um Carell on air at the uh jason momoa show with the post-apocalyptic you know series called c um there is the dickens uh series that's out there's also the Ghost Rider series that they rebooted up or whatever and and something with oprah and it was like uh, this is not geared for almost everybody not yet so if you're wondering about the subscription or the um, apple tv plus i would say that right now it's not the right time to get it and hopefully within this year subscription this free year subscription that i have that they will build on it and add more by the time november of next year come because if they don't i am not going to invest in this at all it, there's there was nothing in there for me that i was like okay i gotta go out of my way and check it out this is gonna be worth it this is gonna be good i probably would not be watching this until i see something really huge that they're gonna add on that's really because i mean it really wasn't i mean what they have is that they got a bunch of big name actors doing shows in a series but the series that they're doing it's not getting anybody hyped about or excited about and it's not enough for me to say it's worth spending fifty dollars a year for four ninety nine a year to get. It's not. It's really not right now. Um, I'm sorry to say this, and I am a huge advocate of Apple products. Uh, I, despite the fact that I have a PC, <laughs> for, that I work on my tower, I love the iPad. I love the Apple Watch. I love the Apple Pen. I love the iPhone. I can't get down with the Apple with Apple uh, TV Plus i can't not right now and watch what's going to happen is that they're going to have a bunch of content really cool content once the subscription's over so i know for i i got a feeling that's was gonna try to, it was gonna wind up happening right there so uh, we'll see we'll see but it's just only nine exclusives it's just the least impressive at least, to, to at least dc universe credit they had a ton of content people were skeptical about it back then myself included because this is another streaming site and i was like all right what are y'all offering and to their credit they offered they offered a lot of content and a lot of content quick um it's not just comic book content but like just old episodes of tv shows that we haven't seen before super uh, you know comic book tv shows um new content i mean they're literally within a year now and they got a lot of stuff in here so i hope to see what apple tv is going to do but like i said if you're looking to invest in it hold off on it until they get way more content because it's nine app, it's just nine shows and then the rest of it is just stuff you have to buy or rent and that's just it's 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 not right now don't go for right now it's just not it's just not so Thoughts on the first two episodes of Watchmen on HBO, which I believe it premieres tonight. Uh, The new episode premieres tonight, along with uh, all of the DCW TV shows, Supergirl, Batwoman, Star Snight, and all that, leading on to the uh, Crisis on Infinite Earth, another DC-related show, Watchmen also, which is not connected to the Arrowverse, by the way. Just want to point that out. It's its own entity, and it should. I mean, what they are doing with this show is unbelievable watch the first two episodes I am deeply intrigued with what I saw so far Regina King is a goddess she is every bit as deserving of the Oscar that she did and what she's doing on this show she is the main character of this show I absolutely afford it but what I was really surprised about is the premise and settings of this show of this version this is set in Tulsa, Oklahoma, many years after the events of the Watchmen movie and graphic novel, the story focuses heavily on Tulsa 1929. If you're a person who don't know what that is, or you don't know what it is until you watch the show, or if you're intrigued, on. Tulsa 1921 is the most hor- one of the most horrific. Events in American history. In US history, definitely. It is just talking about it. It really it it, it hurts me. In Tulsa, there was a massacre. A bunch of uh, a bunch of white supremacists went in and invaded an entire black neighborhood or neighborhoods, burned shops, burnt neighborhoods, killed countless amounts of people just all out unnecessary senseless violence against, against my people of color of that time the fact that they're focusing on that and reminding people of that it's absolutely tremendous because we need to not forget about that especially in today's day and age you know the saying those who forget the past are doomed to repeat it and for them to actually bring that up and focus on that regardless of it using for a narrative for a comic series it's still narrative based on something that really happened people it's it's real whatever you some of you won't believe it or not it actually happened regina king's role as detective angelo abar is phenomenal i was i was already into this character she always plays and it's still it it always it always humors me the fact that like this was the little girl from 227 now oscar-winning actor actor or actress if you will she just she she demands you she demands your attention every single time her character's connection to the horrific events of 1921 and the appearance of an old mysterious man named will reeves played by the legendary actor lewis gossip jr and possibly one of my one of the all-time best roles i've seen him in in a long time if not ever he is creepy <laughs> he's like bill dukes creepy in this damn show it's 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 amazing what he's doing in the show um so she leads the detective he leads the detective to unraveling some really dark secrets that may lead to yet another Armageddon some of which that has led to him killing her chief of police which was uh, played by Don Johnson of all people who in fact she upon doing research she found a white robe and hood in his closet leading her or leading to the uh, accusations of uh, Will Reeves that, uh, in fact, Don Johnson's character was a Weiss's premises on the side. Despite the fact that he actually were... Him and Angela were best friends. They were family friends. They, invited, they were invited to the house for dinner and all this stuff. Like, they were really... They look after each other. So this dark secret, it was hard for her to believe... That she found a white robe in a hood in a white hood in his closet openly in his closet and there's a lot of things that's going to be unraveled in this show and in fact this is a world where vigilantes no longer exist yet police and detectives hide under masks and costumes to protect their families and identities regardless they are going up against a faction of racist uh, white supremacists known as the Warshak Gang strangely named after the fallen vigilante Warshak many fans were surprised by the premise of this series thinking it would uh, pick up directly where the series left off it does in a sense but just in a whole new different area in a different territory and a whole new different premise and everything now because they do mention a lot of the events including dr manhattan which he is at this time still in the moon right now at this time other younger uh well they also um forgot i forgot they also i, I forgot to mention on my notes too um let me see if i can look for it because the guy who the main character of the um i forgot what he considers himself i gotta look at i gotta actually look up this information of him on air because I will be remiss to not mentioning him on here at all. Uh, la, 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 la. where is he? There he is. Uh, Jeff, Jeremy Irons is, uh, Amandaias, a older version of Amanda uh, Oz, um, Ozzy Mandeas. Actually, Jeffrey Irons is, it, it's really cool. So he plays like a way older version. Cause in fact, this is years later from those events. So he would definitely be older. So he's not played by the younger guy who played on that, on the original movie and he's in a castle now he owns a castle he has clones these two uh, male and female clones i don't know if they're clones or robot they know they're clones because he does he literally does away with these characters like they die and he just replaces them every time so he has created clones because he can do that remember he created the the hybrid liger like character you know um animal in the movie and just did away with him so this is no different so but what he does on the show is that he makes them do a stage play in his, on his birthday every year and is, I, is it every year it must be every year it must be every year uh because he then does the stage play and the stage play in fact is the origin story of dr manhattan including the scene where he actually does the uh, the part where he's in that, that stasis uh, pod where he can't get out of, and he ends up being materialized. So instead, what he does to reenact that scene, he has a—he puts the dude on fire. The guy obviously dies, and then lo and behold, there's like five other versions of the guy and the female in that story. They burn up the watch. They go recreate—he goes and repairs that watch to be back in mint condition so they can reprise this whole role again i don't know what this part is leading into but this is going to be i think this is going to be huge i think this is going to lead to somehow dr manhattan coming back and i think he even uh, izy mendez even knows that in fact this is another armageddon may be coming so that's going to be interesting I, i this. Is a must-see series. The thing that really interested me about this is because we talked about this on the ACMG Facebook group, and I talked about this with the with the actual um, with some of the people who've seen it. One in particular, shout out to Michael Armstrong on our group. He he's uh, he's a he's a, um, he's a soldier. He uh, you know shout out to him and you know thank him for his services and everything. He I think he's a rank, he's a ranked uh, official as well. And he had to show some of his soldiers, Uh, he told me that he had to tell some of his soldiers that this really happened. And of course, unfortunately, a lot of them, well, I want to say unfortunately, a lot of them were white and young and millennial and they didn't know that this actually exists. He had to explain to them that yes, this actually existed. (laughs) This is a real thing. And he had to really, I, I was like, wow, this is just really sad. And I, I can't say I'm surprised. There's a lot of part of history that a lot of these kids in this generation don't recognize as well. And it, 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 I just find it amazing. I just find it really amazing uh, that people still don't believe that we don't get affected, that we're not affected. To the, I, don't, I can't speak for everybody, but a lot of people of our culture do get affected by this in some way or another. I definitely can say i was affected by it and in some form or fashion and it it is real not violently but i've had my history of things that has occurred i i don't want to say it (laughs) i was going to say something that didn't happen to me yet but um i don't want to say it i don't want to say it but let's just say i've had my fair share of things that has happened to me documented in my life that that has almost affected me in my life in some uh, form or fashion so I love this series. I'm looking forward to seeing how this series is going through. It's, it started off hot and heavy. And uh, man, if you uh, go out of your way to uh, get HBO, this is one of the series or HBO Max or whatever. This is one of the series that's worth getting. So it's it's absolutely, absolutely awesome show so far. So the last bit of news that I want to talk about is, of course, the sad news this week that we lost the comedy treasure. And I don't want to say a black comedy treasure. I don't want to say a treasure from the African com- uh, American community, a comedic and movie treasure. And that's John Witherspoon because aside from him, he he he, he live and die black. You can never take that away from. him. Wh- he is is a legendary comedian. He is a pheno- He was a phenomenal guy, and a beloved character and man throughout his entire life that's what you should take out of it he's done a lot of great things uh we which many of which uh, seen him in black jesus just recently he uh, he was i guess he did the entire season two of black jesus uh you also definitely know him for his role as robert freeman or granddad on the boondocks which is still in play to be in the works of doing a reboot as well however many seen him as ice cubes father in the ultimate classic friday and the rest of the friday films he's done them all and they were trying to do another friday film like there were so many projects that was supposed to he was supposed to be involved in of reboots and remakes and sequels that were supposed to be coming out it is it's not even funny many uh in the african african-american community have followed john's uh, very memorable roles in other movies like boomerang Ugh, special mushroom shout out to my man chris johnson we always talk about special mushroom one of our favorite scenes on boomerang is him with his wife coming to meet um you know holly berry you know in there and you know because he's dating um his five, he's dating david oliguerre in the movie and he's just he's in full form in here with this outfit with this crazy outfit with special mushroom <laughs> what he calls special mushroom it had mushroom inline interior inline in there, silk. Uh, it was just, it was classic. Only he can pull that off. Um, Vampire in Brooklyn, which he himself said on the DL Hughley show that that was one of his favorite scenes. Um, Hollywood Shuffle, which was like the whole cake thing. It, when he makes, and he in his appearances pops in the Wayne's brothers. When he is, when he appears on a show or movie, it imprints in people's mind. He does some things that imprints, like all the time it prints in your head with full laughter john was last seen on the on an interview in a dl Hughley show like one of the last shows the of the dl Hughley show on tv one before they are moving on to another network or whatever they're doing right now I, i'm looking forward to it because that show needs to keep going um but he appeared unbeknownst to anybody that that this is happening and you know he talked about you know his consistent schedule, work schedule, and stories he had with performing in the clubs with DL, where he was always booked. Um, he also, I also seen some uh, early footage, for thanks to somebody in the ACMG Facebook group, of him doing a roast of the Richard Pryor show. I had no, honestly, I really had no idea he was around back then. He, dude, man, ah, he was awesome. <laughs> he was awesome back then. Uh, he also talked about his home in Sherman Oaks on the DL Hughley show. He talked about this. Uh, his home in Sherman Oaks where he told a very funny story about his old uh, neighbor who he didn't really like in particular but uh, and, and said to her that one of these days he would actually buy her home. And in fact, he did. <laughs> use it for something else. It was uh, said that Witherspoon died in his home where... He, I believe they said he had a cardiac arrest you know, I Don't quote me, I believe that's what, I was, uh, what it was said um, He died of a cardiac arrest And unfortunately they could not recover uh, He could not recover from He was 77 years old John was scheduled to return to the all new reboot uh, uh, Boondocks series on HBO Max And other projects as I mentioned He was recently on uh, Black Jesus Aaron McGruder has not said a word Of course he would not understandably so it would be too soon to do so um and how, how are you gonna find somebody else to cast that role of robert freeman uh i mean you can in a sense but he he made it his so i am very interested to see whoever takes over that role they got some big shoes to fill they had some huge shoes to fill on that role um friday as well i mean um i don't i think they're just gonna cast him off and just say that he passed on that role if they do another friday role again it's sad it it really sad but there will never be another john witherspoon ever if there is there's gonna be like eons from today from now he was a one of a kind you didn't you never saw anyone like him he represented a part of my culture that was really awesome a truth to some of it as well but he was one of the he is undeniably was one of the hardest working dudes out there worked to the very day i thank him for all of the years the laughter that he's given me and everybody else i thank his family i thank him for being a great man from start to finish he is to be celebrated not mourned he is to be inspired he needs to be an inspirational symbol of what we should aspire to especially if you're a comedian the guy was top notch there will never be another like him rest in peace rest in power rest in paradise John Witherspoon and thoughts and prayers to the family folks on that note that will do it for this segment of what's new in the world of ACMG I'm going to take a break and come back and when I do we're going to talk Terminator Dark Fate is this the trifecta the true trifecta that we've been waiting for. We'll find out right after this. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Dax Xavier Josiah, the host of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live, the podcast. You want to catch up with all of our podcast shows and hear from some of the hottest names in all of anime, comics, movies, and games, such as... This is Miley Planning and the voice of Naruto! This is
1: Stephanie Shea, the voice of Sailor Moon. This is Ruben Langdon, voice of Ken Masters and Dante from Devil May Cry. Hey there, this is Kyle Abear, the voice of Ryu from Street Fighter V. This is
0: Chris Battle, character designer of Teen Titans Go! Here's your chance to check out all of that and more on TalkTimeLive.com.
1: Hey there. This is Kyle Aber, the voice of Ryu from Street Fighter 5. Rise up. The answer lies in the heart of battle. You're listening to ACMG presents Talk Time Live. Hadoken!
0: Do it. And now it's time for our top topic of the week. Ready? Wait. Alright folks, we are back with our talk topic of the week, and it, it is my review of Terminator Dark Fate, which obviously is the direct sequel to the first two movies, which were awesome. I can't speak for Salvation. I heard of some people like Salvation. Didn't hear too many people say anything about the third one, but this one right here, in my opinion, was absolutely the best of the bunch like there was genesis there was salvation there was another there was i think there were like yeah there were like three terminator movies uh, after the third after the second after judgment day which many was still pegs as the best of them all absolutely the best yeah there was rise of the uh, machines there was genesis and there was salvation um i think salvation and genesis may have been the better of the two too much people think i didn't bother to see any of those three at the time i did see i think uh salvation i wasn't too into it it, salvation was the one where christian bell went blitz (laughs) on a cast on a member of the uh cast members back then they put that all on audio but honestly the what, what was the missing factor of all of those movies was two people that really made a difference and one of them was James Cameron. James Cameron came back, but not in directorial form. Uh, he actually came back this time around. He let he let Tim Miller uh, do this one. And Tim Miller, as you guys know, have he's worked on Deadpool. He's worked on Love, Death, Robots. He's worked on uh, Scott Pilgrim versus the World. The director of Deadpool, you can't go wrong. This guy has like done it. He's done a great job two times in a row with Deadpool. And when it came to uh, Terminator Dark Fate, I felt he did the same. I enjoyed this movie. Even though James Cameron, he, or he wrote, he did the story along with Charles uh, H. Uh, if I hope I'm saying his name right, Egley, And he actually was producer of it. He did not direct it. And I mean, honestly, I'm sure he gave his two cents to Tim Miller and added on, but I felt I felt that Tim uh, Miller brought the essence that we loved about the first two movies in. I is, Whether this is better than the second, I don't know. I don't know. That's the whole thing. But I what I can tell you, in my opinion, is that I felt that this felt right at home with the other two, as opposed to the other ones, which kind of felt it was going towards the future of things. Um, this one right here, I felt this was the response Respectful sequel to the other two in such a way and this one pertained to well, this was a really shocker on this one too and again i'm putting it right right now if you haven't seen this movie this will be a spoiler episode so i'm i am putting this out right now uh also if you're looking to listen to see whether this movie may be worth checking out well this is for you stand by um so one of the biggest things and again this may be a spoiler thing for people but this is the part of the storyline the basic premise here is that Sarah is um, Sarah Connor is in here, but she's not the main focus. The main focus was in fact a new threat to the future, and that was Natalie Reyes as Danny Ramos. Um, don't let this woman fool you. Like she's a she's a small, you know, she's like a short um, female. She's probably like the size of my wife was like like five four or five six or something like this woman was a badass (laughs) this woman was absolutely a badass and she apparently is the threat to the terminators this time around and a belief that she is the lead to the future uh as in her kid as what is told in this um movie that she uh that her kid is supposed to be the like much like uh john connor uh, was supposed to be the biggest threat now how linda hamilton returns to this is a first of all it's a beautiful thing because at the beginning of the movie we have they show clips of the infamous scene where she's getting uh interrogated or interviewed by the psychologist at the psych uh at the psych ward that she's in about what's about to happen that role let me tell you something that role, when when I first saw Terminator 2, Judgment Day, and that role came about, she became a huge star. Not that she already wasn't, but her her performance in Terminator 2 was possibly the reason why that movie was so great. She turned it up, and that I mean, like I don't think anybody's seen a performance like that ever since till that time and she became iconic right from that moment and they replayed that moment when she was just going we felt like she was with the psychic ward and the psychiatrist whatever felt like she was just going mad crazy because she felt that she knew when the future was coming what date it was coming in and they had to hold her back and that was a such a pivotal role and they brought that back to remind us one of why we love linda linda hamilton so freaking much (laughs) And two why she made a difference in this film and why having her back really is to reason why and along with James Cameron by the way why she actually was in fact the missing element of all of these films she was the one Linda Hamilton brought it just like she did back then she she was way more seasoned this time around she was way more established now she's iconic uh, it, w- it was just so well done. It was so well done with her. She returned to Sarah Connor, but what they did—this is the cool thing—they did. They took the technology that they, that Marvel has originated, has started, where they euthanize. But I don't want to say euthanize; it's the wrong word for it. <laughs> That's absolutely the wrong word for it. Where they actually—it's uh, kind of the what is it—the um, fountain of youth. Type of technology I would call it. I don't know the right terminology for it, but where they make people look younger than they were, and they brought her back to where she looked uh, in the nineties with uh, and and uh, what was that, nineteen ninety one, with um, Judgment Day. Exactly that, and it was supposed to take place after the events of that. And they thought they were safe, and they even had the little. Um, oh, I forgot. Uh, let me get his name real quick. They also had. Uh, can I get it? There we go. Yeah, they also had uh, I don't know who was the kid who played um Edward uh Furlong's role as John Connor, but they got a kid and I guess the CGI made him made, and he got the same haircut, but the CGI made it just look like it was actually him reprising his role as John Connor when in fact that guy is now he's about our age. He's fight got to be in his 40s right now. It's that long ago. It, it really is that long ago. Um, but They got a guy kid to look like John Connors, but in fact, the T, another, because if you remember on Terminator uh, Judgment Day, that Terminator died trying to save John Connor. Well, unfortunately, another Terminator, another T 800, which is actually Arnold Schwarzenegger's form, came and actually killed him, killing off that entire situation, which traumatized Sarah Connor for life. I mean, because she had to see that she couldn't stop him. It was just—I mean, it was—it was sad. It was really, really horrifically sad to see that because we thought that he was—he got away. We by Judgment Day we thought he finally got away. He saved everything. No, they end up getting him. They end up getting him. So then we go back to the—we go to the present, and now Danny Ramos is the new target, and in comes this new form, this this human form that is now known as Augment. Is like an augmented human, meaning that she was enhanced with cybernetics of her own to be able to fight off a Terminator. Um, And she's from the future. She came back to the past to save Danny Ramos because she now is the benefactor of the future, and she's the one that is a big threat to this new company called Legion. It's no longer it's no longer the company. uh, What is it, T Tech or whatever? That um, I totally forgot the name of that. Uh, the, the old place that they once created the terminators. This new Terminator that they created that the company Legion created was called Rev 9s, which in fact was played by Gabriel Luna, which weirdly is not listed on IMDb or he's listed but way in the bottom. Like he was a big deal in this movie. I, I that's weird. I don't understand why they on IMDB did they list him so far down but he is he is the new big threat Terminator. <laughs> in this movie um if you guys know gabriel luna is also the guy who plays ghostwriter on agents of shield and was supposed to have his own tv show on hulu until they actually uh nixed it and i i honestly i pray that they i don't care if it's not on hulu i want them to come out with a ghostwriter series because he was the best ghostwriter live action ever like that was in fact the best season of ages of shield ever in fact and the fact that he's on here playing the terminator 2 why don't they i I don't understand he did a great job he did phenomenal on this thing uh he was he was a huge threat in this deal like he played it i think he was i think he may have been the best terminator not arnold schwarzenegger that's saying a lot because um the other uh who was the guy from terminator 2 so long ago I forgot uh, la 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 Terminator 2's Terminator was in fact yeah the T-1000 by Robert Patrick now funny thing Robert Patrick is on the casted as the Terminator On he's like number 4 on the list of the cast of on IMDB on IMDB on for Terminator Dark Fate Gabriel's like number 22 or 30 or whatever he's so far down in that list what the hell i don't that's that's kind of weird to me imdb you got to work on that. that. he's one of the main focuses of the actual series he's the he's the big antagonist uh like killer he's the antagonizer of this of this damn movie for god's sake i don't know is this a? i don't want to say it but like you got robert patrick on number four you got this latino brother on 20 you know, so, um, um, I'm just, y'all read it for what y'all But I digress. He was the big threat, looking to get Danny uh, Ramos on. Now, granted, Danny uh, Natalie Rays is on number four listed on here, but still, I I just find that weird. But he's on a hunt to go after her because killing her means that he is going to have to—he's going to stop whatever is going to happen in the future. So this is where grace comes in and played by uh McKenzie davis who i have not seen before up until this point and she's playing not she's not a terminator like i said she's what is called an augmented uh soldier and she volunteered to have this surgery which gave her the cybernetic ability to take on to have ex- super strength and extra strength or whatever like that and to be able to take on a terminator or at least hold them off for, for the most part and she came in looking to protect danny the whole entire time unbeknownst to danny what the really what is uh the future that and why is she a big part of it from there this brings on linda hamilton which apparently she felt fou- she goes all around the united states <laughs> killing terminators and the cops and whatever and the military doesn't know what well, the military knows about it the cops does not so the cops got has her wanted at all times throughout this whole entire thing which is hilarious um and she found out about her based on a text that she got uh from a person who just says for john this is crazy this is gonna be a crazy turnaround point because this is the part where you know later on in the movie they are starting to question how did sarah know about their whereabouts and the fact that another terminator was going after danny some funny things happened along the way like she threw away uh danny's cell phone because of the detection of uh gps however she had her own phone which she put in a bag of potato chips (laughs) and apparently if anybody saw that part and apparently i don't know how true this is but putting a putting your phone in a bag of potato chips, because of the material in the potato chips, does it, it's, it, it blocks the ability to detect people on the GPS. I did not know that. I, I'm assuming that James Cameron and all the writers and everything did their homework on this. And in fact, if that's true, that's very interesting. And... This leads to them figuring out that you know they had a text. He she constantly get these texts from somebody, and it just said for John. Uh, one of Grace's abilities is to be able to go and compromise the actual system to find out where IP addresses are located at, and, and locations are located at, which was connected to basically the I, I guess uh, navigation directions that she had tattooed in her uh in her body. And it's all leads to none other than T-800, a.k.a. the Terminator, a.k.a. the Terminator who killed John Connor, a.k.a. Arnold Schwarzenegger, but a older version, which is what we know today. So the fact that they were able to factor in the older version of the Terminator is awesome. And see, seeing Arnold come back in a more funnier version of him as well, because what they've done, and I remember when I reviewed um, or I talked about, you know, Terminator's appearance on Mortal Kombat is that they there was one of the interactions where they mentioned where, the, uh, where I guess, now Carl, which is what he calls himself. The, he even got a company. He got his own company. It's it, just the whole thing. The whole scene is is one of my favorite scenes of the whole movie. Um, he's able, he's evolved himself to become more human. He now has a family he now owns his own business which was drapery which is like it was it was one of the, the funnier parts of the movie the, the part of the movie where people really reacted to because of the 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 audacity for him to not only kill john connor but to create his have his own family to have a heart so to speak or you know to have an understanding of having a heart to have sincerity and sarah is not feeling it she is not having it. she like you took you killed my son and now you him up with your own family, and he. What happens is over the years he developed humanity, you know, um, humility and hum, uh, humanity. So he ended up protecting a family that was being abused. He now is taking care of them. Uh, I love the fact that Linda Hamilton, or uh, you know, or Sarah Connors mentioned like you guys. She doesn't realize that it's like over a four hundred pound, you know, being over her body and he mentioned to which he mentioned no they do not have sexual encounters she just likes the fact of having companionship or whatever um so that answered all questions right there and that is not her son not his son or whatnot so they answered that question i like that and there was no there was no loose ends Uh, to me i watched the movie there were no loose ends to the writing or the narrative of the movie and that's what i liked about it it really stuck on the way that james cameron created it and i thought that was beautifully done um it was, it was amazing. I thought it was amazing. It was action-packed. I believe, again, I said this about Battle Angel Alita uh, when it came out. Had the Marvel Cinematic Universe not came out, I really think that this movie would have been a much, 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 much bigger deal. But the irony of this is because of the impact that Terminator 2 Judgment Day has done is the reason why this movie has not taken effect because the Marvel, what Marvel did in effect of what, you know, like Judgment Day is literally, it literally pioneered the summer blockbuster. It was one of the, if it's not, if not arguably the first summer blockbuster. And the fact that, and by the way, if you watch it again, that movie still holds up. That movie is timeless. It is literally, no, no pun. I mean, it's timeless to the time travel situation that it is. But I found it really interesting that... I, I, I It'll be interesting to see how much money this movie makes. I think it should make a lot of money, but I don't know basically because of the times, basically because of when it was released. You know, maybe, maybe it's just not you know it's time it's just time but you know this was one of the reasons if not for this movie and and movies like this and movies like uh Terminator I'm sorry not Terminator uh movies like um I can say Predator is one uh movies like Star Wars we would not have any of this Terminator is one of those movies that like it now where Star Wars was family friendly this one was edgy You know, we wouldn't have the RoboCops. We wouldn't have any of those movies coming out, doing what they're doing today, if not for Terminator. And Terminator 2 really changed the game. It stepped up the game. So everybody had to have a blockbuster movie. Everybody had to have a summer blockbuster. Everybody had to have big car scenes and big moments and all this stuff. There would be no Matrix if not for you know Judgment Day. And but in hindsight of that, all these new movies are making tons of cash even more than what uh all any of the terminator movies have done and that's what i find out but had those movies not been out this would have been a big deal this would have been a bigger deal but this with that said it doesn't take anything away from the quality of the movie the action of the movie the pacing of the movie which i felt was great as well uh, i felt that Mackenzie davis as this new version of a augmented you know uh cybernetic human was a great addition she was awesome. She was absolutely fantastic in this movie. Um, she captured the camera very well. She looked the part. She played the part. And I remember I watched, uh, speaking of IMDb, I watched the interview that Kevin Smith had with the cast, with some of the cast, um, Linda Hamilton and Mackenzie Davis and Natalie Ray's uh, Gabriel Luna as well was in there. And I remember Mackenzie saying that she was intim- intimidated by the cast especially in the likes of linda hamilton because she's you know doing roles side by side with her i can understand it linda Ham- linda hamilton if you didn't know her outside of being sarah connor i could see how people would be very intimidated because she is awesome i don't know where she's been after all this time it feels like she was in hiding uh i man i loved her love linda i just everything about her um, was so awesome. I know she is doing some other projects as well, and she has been working throughout the years. But even still, man, um, just to see her in this format, she, I one of my favorite scenes is that scene that they showed at the beginning of Terminator, but also the scene where she has the big uh, double barrel rifle and she's just clicking, clicking it up and shoot. That was just so many. She revolutionized. She she was one of the pioneers of what we are seeing today. Uh, she was, she was one of the sole pioneers of what we see in the day on film, you know, the, 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 the strength of, of women today. And she, she's iconic just for that role. I mean, people talk about Wonder Woman, hell, Sarah Connor, man. <laughs> I can't speak for all women, but like, if I see strong women, I, I saw, I grew up watching, you know, Felicia Rashad. I grew up watching like, um, you know, or li- reading Maya Angelou and, you know, all these other type of powerful women but linda hamilton's portrayal as sarah connor if you want to talk about fictional characters boom right there i mean she was just rough rugged and raw <laughs> and she was she was still in this too she's a lot older in this one but she tore it up she nailed it i mean it's what you expect from sarah connor in here you know the entire cast is great i mean overall and they left us in this... They left us with this movie... With a lot to look at in this movie. I don't think this is the end. I don't think it should be the end. Um, but... They left this Legion. This Legion company. This Legion... This new company that's created. Okay. They killed off the, the former company that created Terminators... In place of this new one. Which never did happen. And thanks to the situation with... Um, with, with them. With uh, Connor. Or John Connor. But... But however, they still have this company, which is creating these new, these new, these new robots, these new uh, Terminator units. They got an answer to that. They left that in, in the open. Like it's not, it's not just, it's not over. <laughs> like this is coming. This is absolutely coming um, at the end. And, and, and you know also grace is you know for those who don't know and again this is a spoiler version grace ends up dying in this whole entire thing but she's not really dead so it's like you got that situation too um it, it left it left some room for something else to be made and i'd be interested to see if they're going to continue off i know one thing uh, james cameron needs to stay on his stay on this he should never let anybody else work on a terminator movie ever <laughs> and that's uh, he's not involved with tim miller did an actual, absolute great job doing this i enjoyed this just as so much as i enjoy anything else that tim miller has ever directed uh and it's awesome man. we got a new we got a new hero character in grace i thought she did absolutely great i thought she was beautiful i thought she was powerful i thought she was uh empowering as well uh so was natalie ray's never seen natalie ray's before in my life um they all put they all brought it. They all brought it. They did a great job. I'm looking forward to seeing more of them and more of this of jo- uh, this series as well. So if you are wondering whether this is worth your money and you're a fan, you've been a fan of all this, but they let you down, this is the one you need to check out. You need to probably disenfranchise yourself with the other three. Get the other two, put this one together, you got your trifecta right there. So there you have it. If I give this anything. I give it a I would give it a solid day. I didn't see anything wrong, but I didn't see anything also that that warranted a a plus ever because I came out of there was like, all right, that was great. That was a great experience. There was nothing that really jumped out of me was like, that doesn't make sense. There was also nothing that jumped out of me like this is absolutely awesome. But I mean, except for the part where we got to hear Terminator talk about drapery. (laughs) <laughs> what he's done with himself since then. Which also, again, makes sense to what is going on in Mortal Kombat 11. If anybody's playing that game with the Terminator in there and him talking. So, uh, I thought that was absolutely awesome. I, I enjoyed it. I think it played out well. Now, is it better than Terminator 2? I gotta watch. When it when this comes out, I'm gonna watch all three of them. I know this is better than the other three that came out before. Like, th- those other three should just be erased. But, and this is my opinion, of course. But... I think it was just as good, or held up as good. Whether it's better than Terminator 2, that's a whole nother thing. That's a whole nother thing, people. So we'll we'll see about that. But it it, it warrants an A for me. Uh, I think it was it was worth it. It, it like nothing came out of it that was like, oh, this is stupid. <laughs> no, it was more it was more fun in action than it was anything. And I think I I love Gabriel uh, Luna as um, the uh, Rev Nine just awesome i mean just the things that he was able to do the special effects was also great as well in here and uh i look forward to hopefully seeing more from here so folks that will do it for this edition of acmg presents talk time live thank you all very much as always for being a part of the show shout out to my brother i know he's listening <laughs> awesome he's awesome uh he's always up in the uh, in the uk over there doing his thing and um I just, I, you know, just awesome. I just love doing this. I love doing this show. I just didn't <laughs> love doing this show at all. Folks, you can also love hearing this show on talktimelive.com. You can also go on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Google Play, and for God's sakes, Pop Beat. And at one of these days, it will be Spotify. I will guarantee it. So <laughs> stay tuned to all that. Check out our exclusive interviews with some of the best and brightest in all things. Our favorite fandoms. And uh you can check that out on the exclusive page on talktime live.com. And more to come. More will be added on there as well. And who knows what's gonna happen from this point on us. But thank you all for joining us and keep it going and keep it growing as always. So for now, oh without well, further ado, I forgot. This week on Select Start, I will be uh checking out and reviewing Mario and sonic at the olympics for uh tokyo 2020 is finally coming out this is going to be one of the bigger titles that they've done and i am looking forward to this this is i've played like i said i've played all of them before and but this is adding so much so much so much more to this i mean so many more uh games in it i'm looking forward to playing the um the kumite karate version the boxing version with all the characters as well and it got a lot of 2d uh aspects to it as well some old school 8-bit style uh, aspects to it as well so i think honestly in honor of that since i'm playing dj cupman's music and shout out to him as always my good neighbor my good friend um shout out to his cats as well <laughs> also um in honor of that I have music by him uh, with uh, Spider- with, oh, not Spider-Man, with Mario and Sonic, tunes of his. So I will celebrate that episode playing music from those two as well. So uh, I love his library. It's ab- uh, he's one of the best. He's absolutely one of the best out there. Um, so y'all be celebrating both of that with that game. And again, we will be talking about the BlizzCon and everything that came from that, especially what is to come for Overwatch 2. Uh, people are excited people are absolutely excited about that um and we're going to talk about that controversy as well so we're not leaving anything out so stay tuned for that and much much more folks that will do it on behalf of myself this is dax Xavier josiah saying learn to let go live life and love all things anime comics movies and games this is acmg presents talk time live i am out of here folks have a great week and i'll talk to you soon